Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, hey you know, all right. Hello. Hey. Good evening. Did you uh, did you get the those books that I sent in the mail the other day? Was it the the one that was dripping blood? Yeah, mine was screaming. <laughs> yeah, it should have been like glowing. Uh, it's the it's the Necronomicon. Oh, the Book of the Dead. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's heavier than I thought it would be. Yeah. You started reading it yet, or I? Well, I'm opening it up right I now. I skimmed it. Okay. I looked at right. some of the the naked drawings in it of skeletons. <laughs> Oh yeah, nice. here they are. Uh, yeah, let me let me give you a little description. The Necronomicon was a book containing such foul and maddeningly evil knowledge and rites that to even know of the existence of the book, let alone oh read something in it, oh my god, was enough to terrify a man into insanity. I, I don't feel good. Oh my god. It's not what I expect. <laughs> this doesn't feel not in a good way. <laughs> uh, yeah, we All watched right, well, uh, Necronomicon. <laughs> 1993. My neighbors think I'm a psychopath. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another episode of Stabby Stabby. I'm one of your hosts, Eric. We are a podcast that watches weirdo movies, horror flicks, uh, exploitation, thriller, anything, thrillers, anything we can get our hands on. Uh, We watch them at home, (laughs) then we get back together, we have some drinks, and we talk about them, we have a little discussion. Thanks for joining us today. I'm drinking, uh, I'm just drinking a water. I had a Coke earlier to get my energy back up uh, out of my, out of a glass with a bass on it. Ooh, bass oh, glass. bass glass. glass. <laughs> yeah, oh, bass glass. Uh, uh, Greg, what's going on with you? Hey, you I'm Greg. Uh, I am drinking uh, another Rebel Hill Brewing Scratch the Surface, which I think Ooh. I drank last week. I know I drank last week because the can is still on my desk, so... <laughs> You're a tiny yep. boy. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's next to three coffee cups. I do really good here at my house. Uh, how about you, Dan? Uh, what you uh, popping in your mouth today? Hey, it's me, Dan. And amongst other things, I'm popping a Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. It's a hazy, hazy Imperial IPA, and it is it's from New Belgium Brewing. Where's this AB? Oh, it's nine and a half percent. Whoa, watch out. Ooh. That's bigger than I thought. So I'll be your slurry host today. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Honestly, I'm feeling a little I'm, I'm feeling a little crazy made after watching this fabulous little 90s supernatural horror flick. Who brought Necronomicon? What's the title of this movie? Wait, can we settle on the title first? Necronomicon, Necronomicon Book of Dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> Book of Dead. IMDB labels it as Necronomicon Book of Dead. The, <laughs> the poster says H.P. Lovecraft's ne- uh, Necronomicon Book of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and I think there's oh, another oh. title where it's called Necronomicon to Hell and Back. Is that what it was? Hmm. That doesn't really make sense. Nobody's got time for those. Just get rid of and all I, of those. IMDB says that its original title was just Necronomicon. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of like I like IMDB's thing. I like Necronomicon Book of Dead. Book of Dead. Book of Dead. <laughs> Book of Dead. <laughs> Book of Dead. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of book is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's a book of dead. Yeah, it's a book it's, of it's, dead. It's got dead things in it to bring them back to life. <laughs> it's the book of the dead. 
Every time you open it, just a dead animal flops out of it. Ooh. God damn it. I'm just all that doesn't wet. make a lot of sense, but yeah. No, this is fun. Who brought this to us? Yeah, Whose fault me. is this? Yeah, it was me. Um, I, I don't know how I... I think I read an article in uh, Bangoria back in the day. This has been on my radar for quite some time. Um, so I've seen it a bunch. I had edited um, one of the segments out for a little anthology thing I had at my house. I think both of you fellows were there for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, good old Fangoria. How? Giving us the and goods. It, how long was your and uh, anthology night? Was that like five hours of anthology parts? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I had like, I did, um, I think I did like a hundred and... <laughs> 20 some kill scenes back to back i don't know if you remember <laughs> nice. that and then yes yeah and then i showed um uh like a segment from creep show a segment from tales from the dark side this movie and a few other things i think that was like another hour and a half or something yeah the whole thing was probably like four or five hours i think yeah nice. something like that yeah i mean i think the the one thing that would draw us to this movie is that it's yeah one of the segments is directed by brian usna who mm-hmm. oh, yeah is yep. Uh, I'm wonderful. And it's uh, every segment, even the ones not directed by him, is uh, splattery and goopy and crazy and has like wild practical effects and really gothic looking sets. Uh, it fits a lot of bills for us. Yeah, this no, is a this is a fun little romp. Anybody that doesn't yo know Yuzna, I'm assuming they do, but uh, he's responsible for Society, the Reanimator films, uh, Faust, which is one of the films that we covered. Uh, among a bunch of others. Yeah. He, he worked a lot with Stuart Gordon. The other Talented dir- filmmaker. The other director is uh, Christophe Gans, his first film directing. He's uh, French. He's responsible for Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is coming out of 4K. Yeah, I just saw soon. that. Wow. And he did... I've a, never heard of it. Oh, it's a good one. You would like that, Dan. Um, and he also did uh, Silent Hill. He had adapted that from the video game. And the last what about, guy uh, is Shusuke Kaneko. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I, I just I looked him up. He, he did the Gamera films in the nineties. Oh, a, okay, and I a, know them. And a Godzilla flick too. So yeah, uh-huh. very nice. Well, so lots of lots of talent, lots of squishy, gooey, monstery talent. All show. So that's when you know you're in for a treat. And I I don't know. I just need to see using his name, and then I know. The guy that did Society and the guy that did Dagon, he can do me any uh, day. Uh, Suzuki Kaneko also did a softcore porn. Just FYI. <laughs> oh, that's a Hime. So. What does that I don't mean? Know. The panties are golden. But under storyline, it. it just has two tags that say softcore and Roman porno. So. Hmm. Oh, so it's like a swords and sandals? It doesn't look like it. Well. And that's we'll, it. We'll, th- we'll, I'll check. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, thank you. Please watch that and get back to us. I want a book report on it. Yep. I got nothing else to do. Well, I don't know. What, what do you guys say? You want to you want to cut a chandelier f- free from the ceiling and let it plunge into this plot? <laughs> Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Now let's get to the plot. So 1993's Necronomicon Book of the Dead, uh, directed by Brian Yuzna, Christoph Gans, and Susuke Kaneko, uh, opens nice. up on our credits and title, and we move to H.P. Lovecraft himself, 
played by Jeffrey Combs, who in the H.P. Lovecraft makeup looks very much like Bruce Campbell. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bruce Campbell and um, uh, who's the guy from uh, Jurassic Park? Sam Neill. Oh, like he has some Sam Neill energy. Like if too. they went tip to tip and made H.P. Lovecraft as a baby. Yeah, if they if those two people touch dicks, a beam of light would shoot out from between them, and then this actor would step out. I don't of the light. disagree. I think that would happen. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Jeffrey Combs and Ode to Joy would be playing. Jeffrey Combs is a national treasure, so uh, always yeah. happy to see him popping up. It's the chin. Do you think every time he's brushing his hair or something, he he says to himself, "I certainly am Jeffrey Combs." <laughs> Because he's, I get it. Maybe, combing his hair. Maybe he okay. has a comb, and it just says Jeffrey on it. Oh, well, he's got to have two combs, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Yeah. He has a he has I a little box of combs that's labeled Jeffrey's Jeffrey. combs, which really doesn't work. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this pun went a little too far. I love this low hanging fruit we're <laughs> yeah. shooting for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. I love making jokes about a guy that he probably heard in grade <laughs> yep. school. <laughs> yep. All right, so we've got H.P. Lovecraft arriving at some sort of monk library uh, to find the Necronomicon. He ends up stealing the head monk's keys uh, and runs off to a locked room where he finds the Necronomicon locked inside like a really fancy safe. Okay, so these are monks that are guarding this place. I would say. Okay, because bro had like a nose ring in. He's uh, one of those new age monks. They're like hip monks. Is it their hip monks? Yeah. So I they, they score they store fidget spinners in their cheeks. <laughs> it's funny because I said the head monks keys. So I already my I was already laughing in the back of my head at monkeys, and then you said hip monks, <laughs> and I gotta I just gotta go home now. No, I, I, so when it's kind of like an old cathedral looking place, it's like a really old library, and these guys are wearing like it looks like Catholic regalia. It looks like like priest's robes, but yeah. then he's bald and has a nose ring. And I'm not sure I've ever seen a priest with a nose ring. And I don't know. It's just weird vibes. Hmm. Weird vibes. I, I don't think I would go to a church with a priest. He's had probably a, nose ring. a youth pastor. Just trying to. Oh, yeah. shit. That's even scarier. <laughs> just trying to that's just relate to the kids. He's a, a youth librarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I can't imagine a less productive job. Hey, kids, you want what's cool? Books. <laughs> Reading. We got shelves of them. Dewey Decimal System. Have at it. <laughs> uh, little side fact: uh, Yuzna was the cabbie driver that dropped. Him oh, hey. yeah. he never. He oh. doesn't look like anything that I imagine him to look like. He just looks like a sweet old man with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Well, the perverted ones are always the regular looking <laughs> ones. Thank God, I look oh, like a weirdo. Also, but, what year is this umbrella story taking place in? Oh, we haven't mentioned this is an anthology film. Oh, yeah, so pretty th- important. Yeah, there's, so there's like a wraparound thing with with Lovecraft himself at this library reading, and then we we see three short stories told, I think pulled straight from Lovecraft's canon. Um, so the three of us are each going to take a turn narrating each one of those stories. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Now, yeah. are, are either of you yeah. like Lovecraft readers? I've never read any of Lovecraft. No. I'm not. I read. Um, I've read a few. I read uh, Mountains of Madness. I read. Shit, I can't remember the name. of Cthulhu um, is that one? Yeah, I've I have every book he's ever written. I've just I've only read maybe four of them. Um, the first one was Mountains of Madness. I can't remember. 
Oh, you know what? I'm I'm confusing with Edgar Allan Poe too. I'm just I like Depressed Boys, and uh, I all their stories slur together into one like big weepy sad man. It's, pile. it's funny that you confuse him with Poe because Jeffrey Combs played Edgar Allan Poe in a stage play about Poe. Oh. So he's playing both the guys you're confusing. <laughs> Look at that. The universe, it, it time is a flat yep. circle. I believe it was also directed Martin by Stuart forever. Gordon before he died. The Isn't more a, you know. Guillermo del Toro supposed to be doing like in the mount, Mountains of Madness or whatever? Is that what yes. it's called? Yeah. I think it's in like pre-production. Well, it's it's so been in pre-production work, work for about 20 forever. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, damn yeah. I know that's like his passion project. He keeps trying to get off the ground. Yep. They he just released uh, some to do, uh, like uh, concept art from it too uh, just recently and it looks awesome. I do know the call of Cthulhu from the song by Metallica, "Ride the Lightning." I'm familiar with yeah. that. Yeah, Lovecraft based the story on that song. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big uh, metalhead. Yep. Uh, yeah. From what I understand, the the stories are very loosely based on the works. Mm. Uh, yeah, so the books are, the short stories are Rats in the Walls, uh, Cool Air, and The Whisper in Darkness for anybody that's into Lovecraft. But um, mm, never read any of those. Supposedly they diverge quite a bit from the original stories. Well, I mean, the opening segment here, Lovecraft himself goes into a library and finds the Necronomicon, right? And starts reading the stories. Yeah. What? But each one of the stories takes place in like modern times. Yeah. They all take place in the 90s in America. Yeah. That's what's interesting. So I don't know what year. The, I, I guess it's like, what, the 30s? 40s? Or the 20s? Yeah. Just the, the cab is really old fashioned and there's a, yeah, the, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Time wise, this is all fucked up. Unless the Necronomicon has stories written in it that haven't taken place yet, which is kind of interesting. Mm. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to imagine that. Yeah. Well, what was uh? How old was Love Lovecraft when he was writing his stories? Maybe that would give us an yeah, idea. Yeah, just I just looked it up. Um, he was born in 1890. Apparently, died in 1937. So this would have had to been like what the 20s or 30s. All right, I buy I buy that. I think they were shooting for that. That makes yeah. sense. But I do like the idea that the book has stories just throughout time. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like like death is death is just being displaced in time, and this 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 is the book of dead. So <laughs> book of dead. Book no of dead. Yeah. So you look into its pages and you can see death that hasn't happened yeah, yet. I, I like, like that, that too. Because ooh, let me read it. Let me know how I die. Let's get there. And D- Dagon was one of our. That was awesome. We did that, right? That was a little yep. Hell yeah. Yep. I love that movie. Um, all right. Let's hop into the first story. So uh, Lovecraft gets the Necronomicon. Uh, as he reads it, a gate opens behind the safe, revealing a symbol. And Lovecraft starts... Uh, I think he's, like, plagiarizing the story from the book, or the book is, like, giving him the story. But he's writing in a notebook, yeah. and the first story in the movie is called The Drowned. Oh, I read that as like he was translating. Oh, he was reading it in one language and then writing it in his own like okay. shorthand. That makes sense too. Just, like taking notes. Yeah. You know. All right. The, so part one, the drowned. Oh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Go real, ahead. Real, real quick, the uh, where the book was being held, the little chamber with all the mechanisms. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of um, 
Oh, no, Mystery blanking. Science Theater yeah. 3000? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, dude, I have that in my notes, too. <laughs> like the little animated sequence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the Yo, same s- brain. The smoke what and a everything. Pool. Yeah. Uh, and it's also cool. looks miniature. It doesn't look like a, a lot of the miniature effects are adorable. They they come across <laughs> more cute than scary. Yeah, yeah, which I guess is kind of a Lovecraft problem. I feel like Lovecraft stuff is scarier if you're going for fright to read because you're you do have to try to picture stuff that's hard to picture, and that that's that can be terrifying. But once you like like Dagon is a lot of things, but scary is not one of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more like like a, a gore and creature feature vehicle once you try to commit this stuff to screen. So and, and this movie definitely is the same way. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's let's drown ourselves. All right, part one, the drowned. Uh so this segment opens on a wealthy couple arriving at an old hotel to investigate a property where the man, um, Eddie, is inheriting from his long dead uncle. Uh the building is what I think that? the woman was a real estate person. I don't think they're a couple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was just a guy and a lady, and they seem to have some kind of a history, so I assumed they were well, married and had children. Two, two attractive people. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they're married and have children. Yeah. Yeah. She was to- uh, the, the, totally into them, too. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, the building is, like, crumbling. They're, the floor is literally cracking beneath their feet as they're walking around, and uh, the real estate agent says that they... Should probably just have the place demolished, but Eddie does not like the sound of that. Um, And she kind of explains to him that the hotel has been built over a network of caves and that one day the entire building will collapse and be consumed by the ocean. Ooh, (laughs) That's how my body's going to end up one day. It's just (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to collapse and be taken by the waves. You have a network of caves under your bed. Just, yeah. <laughs> just instead of the ocean, this romantic ideal, you, you get swept into the greater Philadelphia <laughs> sewage system. Yeah, that's where I belong. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so while exploring the house, uh, they arrive at the bedroom and um, she is super keen on trying to get Eddie into bed. Uh, but Eddie is too distracted by a portrait of his aunt Emma on the wall to notice that his friend is trying to seduce him. Uh, she asks how his uncle died. Um, Greg, I don't understand how you can just tell the story of a movie every week. This is really hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is very yeah. difficult. All right. So he's enamored by his portrait on the wall of his aunt Emma. Um, and they begin talking about his family and he asked how his uncle died. And she explains that he died shortly after Emma was lost at sea by throwing himself off a balcony. Um, and then Eddie steps out onto the balcony where presumably the uncle died and he looks down to the ground below and he has a flashback. Uh, she was hot to trot for him. Oh, she yeah. wanted him in that bed pronto. I, oh, yeah. I may- he was not taking any cues. Like maybe it's because I, I, I wasn't going to summarize this segment. Didn't get that at all. I think I just didn't pay enough attention <laughs> to this so far. I think it, at uh, one point, as part of trying to seduce him, she I think she implies that she also banged the last guy that looked at this house with her. Oh, oh, oh yeah, maybe. I know she like, did you ever did you ever see those art films online where there's like a hot woman <laughs> that's trying to, to <laughs> rent or sell a house to somebody and then they just end up banging? Yeah, yeah those art films. Those yeah. art films. Um, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like that. Maybe like it's like crazy. sexy real estate or something like that. I heard about that um, from someone else. <laughs> oh, you're, you have a friend that told you about these art films that he watches <laughs> yeah. on the internet. 
Is it called blog jamming? Yep. Yeah, she like lays on the bed at one point and like very seductively. Mm. She's she's definitely hitting on him. All right. She does the old pat pat. (laughs) She like lays down and is like, hey, get over here. Get over here. But he's too busy looking at his dead on. So that's kind of a turnoff, I guess. He's like, oh, I'm sad. So uh, he, he looks over the edge of the balcony to see what his uncle's last sight would be. And he has a flashback. Um, in the flashback, Eddie is driving his girlfriend, Clara, and they're driving along probably too quickly along a precarious road by the ocean. We hear the sound of a tire bursting and he loses control of the car and he drives kind of cartoonishly <laughs> off the cliff <laughs> and into the ocean. Yeah, it's very funny. And it uh, kills the woman who's with him. He survives. And later we see him in some kind of a wet morgue. <laughs> and he sees the body and is very sad about it. What? What? Yeah, what can, is that? What did you guys see? Yeah, what did you see? Walk me through what that was. I saw, like, underwater seaweed. Like, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't get most of this story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the flashback was a black and white, like, black and white, first of all, and his wife or girlfriend or whatever, she was blowing bubbles, which I thought was really funny. When they, that's what made, like, the car crash even more funny uh, when they went off the cliff. But yeah, at the morgue, instead of, like, taking the bodies out of the water, he, like, preserves them in the water, and they're still covered in, yeah, in half in, like, sores and seaweed and shit. And I thought he was identifying the body, basically. But for some reason, they're floating in a pool of water. Really, it, d- it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I it's mean, like, well, she she died in the water. She should stay in yeah, water. Yeah, we'll just keep her in I here. Think, yeah, it's yeah, probably, that's the logic. Probably, probably better. Yeah, we'll just bar- bury her in a glass coffin full of water <laughs> and, a, and a fish tank. <laughs> yeah, to change the filter put, like a lot. Just put one of those old diving suits on her, so she like, you know, like in fish tanks. <laughs> I mean, once you if you get to that point, put her above ground. She she's the one fish tank in the graveyard, and she's just oh. it's just a diver in a diver suit, face down, floating at the top of a fish so, tank. So oh. dead dead human aquarium. Man, I think that's where we should go from now on. I'm into that. Huh? I'm into yeah. that. Yeah. Why put us underground? Show us off. Watch me decompose. Dead human aquarium. Dead All right, stabby stabby's official. That's great. That's perfect. Guys, let's buy some land. I want to do this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very bizarre. Yeah. It make any sense. So uh, Eddie's friend leaves after, after our flashback when he's at the wet morgue and he's very sad. Uh, Eddie's friend leaves saying the only thing living in this hotel is a lot of a lot of ugly memories. So now alone, Eddie reads a note written by his uncle 60 years earlier, and we again flash back in time. So he's kind of seeing things through his uncle's eyes. Uh, his uncle Jethro and his wife and his son were on a ship um, heading back to the New England coast when it crashed into the rocks. Uh, he managed to live, but his family died. Double flashback. I like that. Yeah. Like they're from like Sweden, but the guy's name is Jethro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's played by Richard Lynch, who's been in a couple of the films that we've, or at least one. He was in Death Sport. He was Ankar Moon. <gasps> yes. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, he's an Alligator 2. God Told Me To. Sword and the Sorcerer. Bad Dreams. The Ninth Configuration. Man. I mean, he's been in some good Man. shit. Yeah, he's a great I've actor. I've been wanting to rewatch God Told Me To. 
I saw that years ago and I really yeah, enjoyed good it. Movie. I want to go back and watch it again. Well, anyway, his, his family's dead. So uh, <laughs> Jethro wakes up. Um, he kind of like scrambles out of the room where they were keeping him and treating him. And he sees his dead family being prayed over in like the lobby of the hotel. And he flies into a fit of rage and shouts, why? Before throwing a Bible into the fireplace and then publicly disavowing God. Here forth, that any God takes from me my only love and progeny is no longer welcome in my home. Yeah. So, yeah, theodicy is real for this one. He can't stand to think that a god that would kill his family is a god worth having around. And he's like, get um, the fuck out. Yeah. He does. He, like, runs off a bunch of, like, mourning, crying villagers out mm-hmm. of his hotel. So he can be alone with the bodies to do stuff with them. Let's find out what stuff he does. <laughs> uh, so now alone and mourning, Jethro is visited by a... Uh, I just wrote down a fishy fisherman monster. Yeah, I'd call him a fish pirate. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, It's it's like a a weird netted barnacled seaweed cover fish monster, which is totally coded to be one of Lovecraft's elder ones. Yeah. It's like a fish god creature. I I loved how it looked. My only um, complaint about it was... When it opens its mouth, you can just see like the black rubber behind it. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like, come on. Yeah. Shade him a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit of lighting would have yeah. fixed that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, honestly, a lot of these shorts, the sets were awesome. The camera work was so much fun. This, this, okay, yeah, I'll talk about it later. Uh, the camera work was great. Uh, the lighting, every one of these shorts, I felt like was lit like a, like an NCIS or some kind of like cop procedural. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is a little disappointing, but man, it was just nice to see a movie. They don't make movies like this anymore. I miss movies like this. No, I, apparently, this was four million dollars. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> the special effects. Every are penny amazing. of that is on screen. It looks like yeah. it. Yeah, it's perfect. I like that he's in a trench coat too, like a hat, big hat. Got to cover up his body. Trench coat mafia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's got a vibe. He knows he he got all that off of Uniqlo. You know, he's he's trying to be a, a trendy fisher, fish, fishy. Elder he knows guy. like um, just like in Ninja Turtles and the Fantastic Four. If you put a trench coat on and a hat, you can't you like no one will know you're a monster. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's true. just a man with a, yeah. a facial Look at defect. That odd shaped man. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the head that four times the size of any other head. <laughs> He's really dripping a lot. Um, <laughs> well, something something that I like that he did in this scene was uh, the fish man emerges and hands him a book, a copy of the Necronomicon, and he tells Jethro that he is not alone. In this time of need, you are not alone. Uh, so I like that the monster was there to give him comfort. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not all um, monsters are bad. The book. Yeah. It's a trick. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to bang a monster, right? We've all <laughs> yeah. seen Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Like, I'm not saying uh, we should ban Guillermo del Toro. I mean, what's that fish monster movie you did? Uh, shape, of, masturbation? shape of Water? Shape of Water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes you gotta bang the monsters yeah. in I mean, life. I think we all agreed we would bang that octopus woman in a Dagon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how or where, but it'll anyway, happen. This, this fish pirate was walking on two legs, so probably got... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to finish that. Yeah, probably got and, uh, something to work working, with. Working junk. Yeah, no, well, I mean, it's a fish monster elder god, so I don't know. He probably has junk sticking out of every crack yeah. crevice, mm. right? Multiple, multiple junks. Yeah, those are not tentacles. Ooh, those are penises. <sighs> uh, so when he hands when he hands Jethro the Necronomicon, it magically opens to a page titled. Towards the remedy of untimely loss. Oh, nice. Uh, Jethro performs the ritual in the book. Uh, he chants a lot and he collects his own blood into a bowl. And then he pours that blood into a pentagram drawn on the floor. Yeah. Where the blood drips through the cracks into the caves beneath the hotel. Um, a lot of boiling and simmering and moody atmosphere happens. And then his son and wife, who are still like laid out for display in his lobby, sit up. They're both awake. I like that the pentagram, like, just when it activates, it has, like, green lasers. It's like you're at, like, a, <laughs> yeah. like a Pink Floyd light show at, like, a Franklin Institute all of a sudden. It's like... <laughs> yeah, the devil has disco mode. <laughs> spell has been activated. I, I just like how easy that spell is. Like, I just dump a yeah. little bit of blood, say a couple words, bada bing, bada boom, your kids are back. <laughs> well, can, can you draw a pentagram? I bet you pentagrams are kind of hard to draw. <laughs> I've been, drawing, I've been drawing pentagrams since grade school. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Let's bring some fools back yeah. to life. Let's do, do it. We get, he's dead. Who can we bring back? Summon Hitler so we can shoot him again. <laughs> That'd be well, fun. That'd be fun and a good team building activity. <laughs> Just keep doing it over and over again like you pay for the yeah. service. Yeah. The first time you're really nervous because you don't know what, what it would be like to, you know, kill somebody. But then like by the fourth or fifth times, we're like, all right, now try it with this rock. Now try it with this uh, iron. Choking with spaghetti. Like just. <laughs> yeah. It's on your list for, for work. Like we could go axe throwing. Uh, we could play laser tag. <laughs> kill Hitler. Uh, we go to that new pizza shop down the street. Happy hour. Kill Hitler again. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of that in like a year end review where you're talking to your manager and they're they're trying to figure out like are you a good employee this year and part of that would be like oh yeah this year's a Hitler killing team building activity uh, I was the guy that thought of two shotguns from two <laughs> angles that was me I'm an out of the box thinker love it uh, so his son and his wife at first he's excited to see his son and his wife alive again uh, when suddenly their eyes start glowing green. Yeah. And they begin sprouting octopi, octopuses, oct octopi from oh, their mouths. Yeah. And start attacking Jethro. Yeah, we haven't seen a good green um, eye since Mausoleum. Yeah. Well, we, I don't true. think we've ever seen a good green eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, these are like the most like post added <laughs> green glow effects that I've seen. Yeah, probably since Mausoleum. I love it. What's a good green eye? Like uh, Kathy's curse? That's the glowing green eyes. Yeah, but th those were also like clearly penciled in and post. Oh, yeah, How yeah, else yeah. are you going to do it? Uh, special kind of contact that catches a light that's well, on I the set. I think that's so what they tried like to do the... in Mausoleum, right? And I think Eric talked oh, about that. Work. Yeah, yeah mm. you're right. Oh, well, well, it went in doubt after effects. 
Back at night, just like that they shouldn't post. Yeah. I did like how they were vomiting like mud and crap from like the bottom of the ocean first before the tentacles came out. They were like clearing their bodies out. It's kind of cool. Yep. It was awesome. Their their bodies were not their own anymore. Um, yeah, he he kind of realizes that they the these people might be alive, but they're not quite human anymore. And he freaks out and he decides to start scrawling out a note, um, which is the very note that his nephew is reading. And then he throws himself off of the balcony of the building to die. Yeah. So then we cut back to. I mean, oops, sorry, I, I don't care how much I care about somebody. When you start throwing up like octopus, you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't care if you <laughs> if you ate too much calamari at a restaurant and you just start throwing it up. You're dead to me. I don't want to see that. Once a tentacle comes out. Yeah. yeah. I've seen too many of these kind of movies. You're good. You're coming after you know, me. I, just yesterday i went to a japanese barbecue where they have like the grill in front of you and they bring you raw meat and you just cook the meat right at your table and eat it and uh i had a uh, baby octopus uh-huh. little tiny octopuses and when you put those bad boys down on the grill all the muscles reactivate oh. and they start like crawling around on the grill while you're trying to cook them wild yeah it was crazy it was creepy i tried to get it on my phone but i couldn't couldn't get it because i was too hungry <laughs> i just want to eat them and they were screaming in pain yeah, so I was thinking about Japanese barbecue during the mm. scene when the when his dead son was vomiting my dinner. <laughs> it was great. So now we cut back to the present day. Um, Eddie finds, or yeah, Eddie. Eddie is the nephew of Uncle Jethro, who's now dead. Eddie finds the pentagram under the carpet, uh, but he can't find the Necronomicon. That night he goes to bed frustrated, um, but while he's sleeping, a voice whispers to him, my beloved guards the book. tentacle strokes his face <laughs> uh, which was weird and never really explained <laughs> yep. uh, he wakes up and investigates the portrait of Emma his uncle's beloved uh, behind the portrait is a hole in the wall and deep inside that hole is the Necronomicon <laughs> so then after cracking open that book and reading it he performs the same ritual and then goes back to sleep which I don't know how you go back to sleep after performing a satanic ritual, but there you go. Yeah, like if you're bringing so, somebody back from the dead, how quick is that? I don't. I, either way, I would I would be kind of wired and excited. Yeah, like oh, I want to. I want to yeah, see. Yeah, if you cut your hand too, you're, you know, you got to cut it pretty deep to get a lot of blood out. That's true. Maybe that. Mm. Maybe that's what conked him out. He didn't have like mm. oranges and a cookie. Yeah, low blood sugar. <laughs> right when you give too much blood and you get a little yeah. dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Should have kept some nerds like by his bedside. <laughs> yeah, we. It's one thing. It's one thing. It's actually the introduction to the Necronomicon is a little handwritten note from Cthulhu. Have some nerds on hand, <laughs> guys. Get some starbursts. <laughs> they give you the book and a pack of nerds. Uh-huh. Not trying to belittle, but keep your hey, skittles. A- anybody reading uh, Lovecraft is a nerd already. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Uh, later that night, while he's sleeping, he is awoken by someone strolling the hall- hallway and whispering through his door. 
He asks her to come in, and it is Clara, the woman he killed in the car accident in the flashback we saw earlier. That's a mean way of saying that. (laughs) What? The woman he killed in the car accident. No. (laughs) Yeah, the woman he murdered by driving off a cliff. The woman who died in the car accident. Well, I think he feels guilt, and he keeps apologizing for Mm, killing her. So, yeah, I'm I'm channeling his guilt. I felt a little, Um, uh, little, like, vampire stuff going on in this moment, too. It's like... She could have easily just entered the room, but he, like, gave her permission to come in the room. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's also, like, a sunlight sort of thing later yeah. on, too. So, kind of, like, loosely hint towards it. Um, and Clara is, just quick aside, Maria Ford. She is Maria. Um, she's in uh, Slumber Party Massacre 3. Nice. So. Well, uh, we see a lot of her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wait, is this the scene where she's nude, yep. except for some... Oh, I don't have that in my notes here, but I have it burned into my mind. She's completely naked, except for some very well-placed hair and seaweed? Some seaweed. Yeah, uh, I mean, mm. I, I will say, we, you don't see anything, except for just, like, a hint. A little hint of possible nip. But also, I think she was just a, um, like a dummy at that point. <laughs> so, it's not too exciting. So it doesn't count. Well, it doesn't count. Counts, counts in Eric's book. That's not very nice, Greg. I mean, she's <laughs> a model and a dancer and an actress. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like seaweed, uh, seaweed bush. Yep. She's very yeah. white, very white and very nude, and wet, very wet. Yeah. Wet, white, and afraid of sunlight is a, a <laughs> motif that happens in every one of these shorts. That's my my autobiography's title. <laughs> what? White and afraid of sunlight. Yeah. The Greg story. Yeah, he's more of an inside person. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, Eddie. He uh, upon seeing her, he starts weeping and he apologizes for causing her her death. Um. She kind of acts like she's gonna give him a blowjob. Kind of like goes down on him. I was getting uh, but those then, vibes. Yeah, big time, big time. And he seems kind of okay with it too. He's like, all right, this is the way you want to make up. I'm game. Um, but then as she's going down on him, she starts sprouting tentacles. Um, he, he gets freaked out by this and pushes her away. She's also like vomiting like sea scum on his chest. Yeah. Yep. Imagine how stinky she must have been. Gross. Yeah. Briny. Very salty. She walks in the room stinky. and it, it smells like fish and not in a good way. <laughs> uh, um, some, some good sound effects uh, that accompany those tentacles coming out of her mouth. Like very uh, gooey and crunchy and. Really well done. Clara. I'm tired of blowing bubbles, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, with those sound effects, the, the transformation keeps getting worse, and the, the it's really quite striking to see. I know this is a podcast, and I can't just show it to you, but man, you gotta look the scene up. It's pretty great. Um, the tentacles kind of start sprouting from her body, and then they seem to be coming kind of through her body. Yeah, and she starts attacking him, but it's kind of driven from someplace else. It's very eerie. Um, so he grabs a sword that's conveniently dangling on the wall above the bed and slashes her. 
um, when suddenly she's pulled downstairs by the tentacles that are sprouting through her. And as she's pulled down into the, the, the bottom floor of the house, you see that she transforms into a tentacle herself. And so she's revealed to only be a smaller part of a much larger looming threat. Um, and something under the floor starts roaring. I love so the, then Eddie, uh, the, the digital um, effects where like the 90s digital effects where she transforms into the tentacle. It's pretty great. It's all like morphed. Yeah, yeah, like everything, like stretch and squisher. Yeah, everything's pretty practical except for that one part where it's like they just—it's like she's being puppeteered by something else. Yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So uh, Eddie cuts a rope and drops a chandelier through the floor into the lobby, and when the floor breaks away, it reveals a massive tentacled elder god. I don't know how would how would you guys describe this thing? He's a one-eyed, purple giant. Mouth monster. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just loads of tentacles lashing out. It's got kind of like a beaky mouth thing. One giant beady yeah. eye that it's not really in an eye socket. It's like glued to the front of its weird head thing. It's pretty cool looking. Um, so he, he, I don't know why he has this thought, but he jumps onto a chandelier for no seeming reason and starts climbing up the rope to the roof. Um, one tentacle lashes out and grabs his ankle and as it latches onto him it transforms back into the form of Clara and shouts come back to us Eddie Mm. Um, but after getting to the top of the rope he's climbing Eddie shatters a window in the ceiling exposing the creature to sunlight it flails and it breaks the chandelier free just as Eddie escapes through the roof Uh, the chandelier falls and impales the monster through the eye and on the roof Eddie looks out onto the horizon it's pretty good. That's it. That's pretty great. Yeah, I like that short story. It's a fun little short story. Yeah, yeah. I uh, had to watch it three times to know what happened, <laughs> and I still yeah. didn't know what happened. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty clear. I, I like. Think it. I'm just dumb. No, yeah, that's not true. Just, that's objectively not well, true. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah. So after that, we hop back to the library, the monk library. Uh, we're back with Lovecraft. He sees uh, the symbol in the weird safe. And now the monks realize. So they told him, like, you can stay in this room, but don't go anywhere else. You're forbidden to go anywhere else. He obviously went somewhere else. Uh, the monks realize he's gone. And uh, they comment that he's dumb enough to find the Necronomicon because he's, quote, human. Now we see another gate open in the safe area and he reads another story or writes another story, however you view it, called The Cold. Oh boy. So our uh, second uh, part of the anthology opens with a reporter named Dale Porkle, which is the best name. (laughs) Uh, He's he's coming to an old house. Uh, The door is answered by Amy Osterman, and he questions her about 11 bodies that have been found in the uh, in the area, all murdered with the same M.O. Now, he doesn't tell us what that M.O. is, um, but we'll find out later. So the house is freezing cold, and Amy says that she has a disease that makes her sensitive to light and heat. Uh, All right. That's believable. Why not? Listen, it's a Lovecraft it's a Lovecraft movie. Yeah. And it, yeah. I'm, I'm allergic to anything that's hotter. Actually, what what is your body temperature? Like 98 degrees? Yeah. The, the band? The boy band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I don't know how the, that works. Yeah. The light thing's definitely a thing. 
There was like a dude in my old neighborhood that was like a could go out hmm. in sunlight. Like he would take That's intense. walks in the evening. Interesting. Uh, I knew a guy who married a woman who was allergic to cold. Who couldn't get cold or else she would break out in hives. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty yeah. wild. What a different life. Yeah. Yeah. I just use it as, as an excuse to not go out anywhere. But same. Truthfully, I, that's ableist. I'm as healthy Greg. as a horse, How dare though. You? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Porkle, Porkle says the house is owned by a Dr. Madden, and the deed for the house was 80 years ago, and there's no report of him dying at this point. So he went. I have a question. I, just, I have a question. What's up? So if the house is that cold, wouldn't everybody's nipples just be like popping out of their shirts? Hell yeah, baby. Okay. Yeah. You know, I had the same question about because nobody, <laughs> when they're talking, they're acting like they're freezing cold, but there's no breath vapor. Yeah, they need so that. So like, it, it yeah. didn't didn't quite sell the cold effect. But I like that I was looking for breath vapor. You were just staring <laughs> at the chests. Yeah. You're like, these, these boys best be cutting glass with these nipples. Especially the reporter. Porkle. I was looking for some porkle yeah. nips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some pork nips. Mm-mm. It's my favorite mm-hmm. side of breakfast. It's uh, actually, it's the last page of every paper that he's published in has a special uh, section for tips for nips <laughs> where you got to let Porkle know what's going on in your community. <laughs> I don't, uh, yep. Uh, uh, I'm impressed Porkle you got awesome. there, but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. Just ignore me. Keep going. Oh, Porkle. Uh, Porkle is uh, Dennis Christopher breaking the breaking the waves and and uh, fade to black he's a lead role in uh, fade to black oh thanks hey way to go porkle also dennis christopher that's uh two names he's got two first names yeah we we can't abide by that yeah if your last name is christopher your first name it better be something crazy you can't just do dennis denny christopher denny chris dennison yeah, it's got to be like my, my first name is Albert Fordston, <laughs> and then my last name is Christopher, and everybody just calls me Chris. Yeah, F- Albert Fordst. Al- <laughs> yeah, like you know, some kind of last name for your first yeah. name, and then it balances the the first name for your last yeah, name. I, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's just again, that's Winchester Fieldshire. That's what came out of your mouth, like that. Yeah, <laughs> Albert Fordston. <laughs> Albert Fordston. It's just yeah, it's interesting. I love how your brain works. Um, all right. So, so yeah, this, this house is old and he's looking for Dr. Madden. Um, <laughs> Dr. Madden, a colleague of Dr. Angrieton <laughs> and Dr. Meanstein. <laughs> yeah. It's a great yeah. name. Dr. Madden. Yeah, he, he wants to know what happened to Dr. Madden. Amy gives him some tea and starts telling, uh, the story about her mom, Emily renting a room at that house 20 years ago. Boobs, 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 boobs. The house was run by a woman named Lena, and the only other tenant was Dr. Madden. So, that night, Emily showers, and we get our only boob shot of the entire movie. Hey! And it lingers. Yeah. They are checking a box with that shot. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and assume they were stunt boobs. I mean, either way. Really? Uh, Still checks the box. Yeah, boobs present. Check. Uh, that's 39 minutes and 11 seconds. You think they were stunt boobs? I don't know. They didn't show our face. Like, connected to them. <laughs> that, that's true. Just like, it was like a super close-up. And I was like, why would you do that? Hmm, that makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think that's probably why it felt so box-checking. 
Because it, it was like it. I was actually more shocked at the boobs in this than I was at any of the gore. Because <laughs> they, they come out of nowhere and it's so explicit and they are center frame. They're yeah. center frame. Yeah, just I mean. two boobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like it wasn't a body connected to it. It was just like, whoa, that's a, that's yeah. a lot. Ah, uh, some would say the yeah. perfect woman. Uh, all right so after she showers uh she goes to her room and she sees something seeping through the ceiling coming from the room above uh she goes up to investigate uh but she gets caught by sam who is her sexually abusive (gasps) stepfather yeah, a surprise, a surprisingly violent domestic abuse yeah, scene. Yeah, she uh, yeah. she fights, or they fight. She ends up hitting him with a flute, which I thought was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, and pretty she runs upstairs, tripping and hitting her head on the stairs. Dr. Madden comes out of his room to help her. He stabs Sam in the hand, and then Sam falls down the stairs, seemingly dying. Uh, what was the goop coming through the ceiling? I Loop? I don't I I'm not sure. I think it was it like I don't know. I don't was it I think the, whatever it was, it was the blood of the doctor, we find out. But it's like clear, viscousy, sticky, thick, yeah. whitish. Yeah. It Yeah, it looked like ectoplasm or something. It's or it's something. Probably <laughs> what's keeping him alive, where which we'll find out about later. So I don't necessarily oh, want to spoil it, it yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, um, carry on. They also, when she's showering, they show like her leg. I'd, I'd like to go back to the yeah, shower. Yeah, that's fine. We, I don't if mind. We, if we could, <laughs> um, where she's just using a bar of soap. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that uh, weird? No, no, it's fine. I mean, she should have like rubbed the soap in her hand and not just use it like directly. Like she shouldn't credit really? card, like credit card in her butt or anything. So, you know? so I always, oh, I do that with my soap. You just, just credit card it. Yeah. Wait, do you and your yeah. it's, it's do you and your wife share a bar of soap and you just rub it on your yeah. butthole? Yeah. Hmm. Do you have two soaps? One for the I feel butt very judged right now. <laughs> no. No, I, I use the soap on my body and then I hold the soap up to the water and I wash the soap off. Mm. It's yeah. soap. It's soap. That's what you're <laughs> It's soap. Yeah, it cleans itself. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. As long as you're not Tell any, me I'm like, wrong. Like George, was it George Costanza that said um like when he dries himself with a towel, like it doesn't get the towel dirty because right after a shower, <laughs> yeah. he's the cleanest thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the same idea. No, I can't remember who said it, but yeah, when, when you dry yourself with a towel, you hang it up, and by the next day, it forgets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, when I I don't use a bar of soap anymore. Um, I use you know I use body I use <laughs> moisturizing oh, body little- wash because my my skin is bad. Um. You got a little little washcloth action going. Yeah, rub it on a washcloth, put the soap down, wash myself with a washcloth. Guess See, what, that? that's probably more sanitary. Guess what I use? A loofah. Ooh, hey. fancy boy. Oh, that's good for, uh, what is that? that, that what's that thing? Yeah. yeah. Fancy You gotta word. keep your scalp exfoliated. Gotta, Damn it, that's why it, you're so handsome. Gotta keep it shiny. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should get a loofah. Yeah. I have one. I, don't, I can't, I like to rinse it out and get in a loofah. Mm-hmm. Like to get all the soap out to hang it back up it takes like seventy yeah, hours. It does. There's no, lots you of hang like, it back up and it forgets. <laughs> you're fine. There's lots of ringing out with it. Yeah, yeah. And you got to change it often. Yeah. Not uh, according to Dan. Any, no, you just rub that soap <laughs> in your crack. Just shoot it in get there. Get a little rinse. Yeah. 
Wait, shoot shoot it in there. I'm not putting it inside my body. Oh. Well, <laughs> I'm not butt-chugging how, 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 Dove. How else are you cleaning, getting it real clean? Oh, uh, well, I haven't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't huh. know. That's a good question. Oh, right. I guess I'm a filthy boy. No, you're right, fine. So where, you're where, you're right. What were you trying to say before? <laughs> uh, she has a... Jesus. She has a scar on her... Or a... Um, a uh, she has oh, a and bruise. She has bruises on her legs. Yeah, which... Is setting up the scene with her step, her abusive stepfather. Oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> he also has like a totally inappropriate line where he's like, "You got to practice on my instrument," mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, yeah, out of place. Yeah, then and weird. He, he makes her grab his crotch or puts his hand on his, yeah. his but then she yeah, grabs yeah, yeah. it real hard, beats him something. with the flute, and then beats him with the flute. Yeah, there, there has to be some kind of a land speed record for a film introducing a character and then clearly portraying that character as badly as possible so you feel good when they die. You know how every horror movie does that? Oh, this was quick. This was real yeah. quick. <laughs> this is like, he was on screen for like 10 seconds and I'm like, yeah, kill this guy. Kill, kill, kill this guy. Kill him. Get rid of him. Yep. Yep. Uh, so next next morning, Emily wakes up on Dr. Madden's couch. He's bandaged her head up and tells her that Sam is gone and won't be coming back. He also tells her that he has a skin condition that requires a cold environment, which is why his room is like freezing cold. As she leaves, we see some goop dripping down Dr. Madden's forehead. That night, more drip, drip, dripping comes from her ceiling. So she goes upstairs quietly to investigate. She sees Dr. Madden and Lena drilling into somebody's spine. And she passes out from fear. Temperature is steady at 34. Another syringe. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that would be shocking. Yeah. yeah, she's already a little, little winded. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I, I assume fear it doesn't really matter. She passes out. Do women used to faint? A lot more often than they used do to go, now. Ooh, I have to vapus and pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have fainting furniture back in the day. I haven't seen a fainting couch in a long oh. time, but that was like, yeah, you had a bed, you had a dining room table, and you had a fainting couch. Mm. We should bring fainting back. <laughs> yeah, like for everyone. You know? I agree. I want to faint. Yeah. It's like a it's it's like a high speed nap. I think Did you guys ever faint before? No. Like and I'm glad. Like I fainting's ha- the most one of the most dangerous things you that could happen to you. That's why you uh, need a couch well, to do yeah. it on. But yeah. I gave uh, blood at a blood mobile one time and you're supposed to eat like a big breakfast and I didn't. Uh I was also like racing the blood out of the my like I was like making a fist over and over again, like psh, psh, psh. You were like, like I'm gonna be it. the best like, blood giver. I was like, I'm gonna be the fastest. <laughs> I'm gonna win. Uh, anyway, I stood up and I fainted, passed out. Mm. And then when I woke up, I was afraid that I like pissed my pants. <laughs> but instead, I just had a boner. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, strange. With, and I never gave. Man, blood I gotta again. try fainting. With, Didn't give blood again after that. With you, I don't even know if you having a boner was a joke or not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I I think I fainted once, but I'm not sure if it was fainting. I think I just passed out while I was walking. Is that fainting? <laughs> sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, passing out and fainting. I don't. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I guess fainting from like fright would be 
different than like no, having like no, a I, low I was, blood sugar or something. You know, I was very drunk and very high, and I passed out while I was walking. I uh, my I never fainted, but the closest I ever got, uh, I was, I had to get my wisdom teeth out, and uh, the doctors were like, "Well, you know, before we." set you up with the, the surgery we gotta show you this video so you know what what happens and they played this video and the whole thing was like yeah it's not too bad you probably might die <laughs> it was just like <laughs> going into all these specifics on like what could go wrong and my i just got sweaty i just felt like i was gonna oh, yeah. vomit so i just walked out of the room and i was like i can't watch that anymore <laughs> What <laughs> was his name? Doctor Madden. <laughs> I I have to go back and look. It was years ago, but probably. Also, it's very cold in this dentist office. <laughs> Pardon my nips. <laughs> yeah, that was my closest. Um, all right. So uh, Emily has passed out. Uh, next day, Doctor Madden tells her that she just dreamed the whole thing. She didn't see them drilling into the spine of a human being, uh, and we see uh, he's bandaging her, or he's taking off her bandages or whatever, and he cuts his finger with a scalpel, and we see some clear goop come out. Uh, we also see that Lena no. is not happy with the attention that he is giving Emily. No, 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 no. Oh, the jealousy! Uh, real quick, Lena is Millie Perkins. She's Molly from the Witch Who Came from the Sea. Oh yeah, baby! I yeah, I didn't know that. Love seeing her again. I didn't yeah. recognize her. She's also open in, your uh, eyes, Greg. She's also in Cockfighter with Warren Oates, which is freaking awesome. We saw that one. At Man, yep. uh, who hasn't been in Cockfighter? We've mentioned that movie so many times. We should yeah, do it. We should. We yeah. should watch that for the podcast. I mean, it's got some serious animal issues, but it's. Still a oh, great yeah. movie. Yeah. It's a really good if movie. I remember when we saw that in the theater, I had to get up and leave <laughs> I think during one scene. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm just going to go to Wawa or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can't watch. But I like the rest of the movie. It was just watching chickens kill each other on camera. <laughs> it took a lot out of me. It took a lot out uh, of me. It makes me hungry. I was, I was feeling a little faint. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the one yeah. time. Uh, so now Emily goes to a diner to get a job. Uh, the owner, Al, is surprised that Dr. Madden is still alive. She's like, oh, I'm living with Dr. Madden and Lena. And he's like, uh, he like bought the house like a thousand years ago. <laughs> How is he still alive? He must be <laughs> very old. Yeah. man. Uh, so he <laughs> my favorite thing is like he basically is like, yeah, you know what? I'll hire you if you can get a good tip from these two cops over there. <laughs> like He's like, go and work for me <laughs> before I even think about hiring you. I wanted to see how that played out. I was like, they're like, you know, she discovers a newspaper. I'm like, well, did she get a tip? Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. yeah. So, uh, yeah, she goes over and waits on the two cops and uh, they have a, a missing flyer about the murder of Sam. So just laying there. Yeah, just just they're out. You know, they're 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 coloring on it, drawing little mustaches on his picture. Um, <laughs> so she runs back to the house and asks Madden about it. He says he needed Sam's body for his research because his dead body was free and his research is pretty expensive. Uh, Emily wants to leave and is mainly upset, not about him. Like, so she was like, well, did he die? And he was like, yeah, he died. But like, I would have killed him anyway for what he did to you. Emily, Emily, even if Sam did survive the fall, I would have killed him for what he did to you. So if you must go to the police, you do have every right. I don't care what you did to Sam, but you lied to me. No, no, never. I would never hurt you, Emily. I, I love that. Um, yeah, that was cool. But yeah, he's 
she's mainly upset with him because he lied to her about like, oh, what you saw was in a dream. Uh, so that's I like that. But she's like, yeah, I don't really care that my my abusive stepfather's dead. Like, good. But please don't lie to me, you old man. <laughs> yeah, she's got trust issues. Mm, Understandably right. so. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, Dr. Madden's out of his room, though, and he's starting to overheat. So he goes back, lays in like this cold chamber tub thing full of ice, and he injects himself with something. Semen. Probably semen. Directly in the neck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's how you have neck baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's where George Lucas got his jowl. He's incubating a, a fetus in his neck. Oh, he's a good man. Mr. Lucas, if you're listening to this, you're a hack fraud and I hate you. Oh, I think you're a genius. Oh. That's a shame. I love. Did you see Jar- Red Tails? I love Jar Jar. You no. will never live that shit down. I've never seen anything but Star Wars movies of this. <laughs> yeah. I guess Indiana Jones, right, he T- produced, T-X-X, right? THX or- was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he produced that. Yeah. Spielberg directed. And Willow. He was involved in Willow. He's got good stuff. Timeless classics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now he starts explaining to Emily his research, which mainly involves the idea of water bears, <laughs> um, which is basically his research is cheating death. Yeah. Uh, so they end up going out to the greenhouse. Um, he uh, comments that Lena has feelings for him, but he can't return those feelings. His his true love is his work. He clips a dead rose off of uh, one of the bushes and injects it with his goop, and it comes back to life. <laughs> Little goop injection. Uh, but he tells Emily that something that comes back to life this way can never be in the light, or it will die. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. So far, so yeah, good. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. What 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 is this uh, 19-year-old runaway girl and this 150-year-old professor going to do next? Well, yeah. that's a good question, Dan, because Emily and Dr. Madden end up playing a game of chess with their genitals. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up banging in the greenhouse, and Lena sadly sees it from a distance. It's so Ooh, weird. Jealousy is a what stinky cologne. He like takes his shirt off and he's all like moly and he's old yeah, he looks man. like an old yeah. man. He looks like a normal yeah. old man. Yeah, he's got a lot of moles, but yeah, <laughs> kind of gray looking. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. Uh, it's the scariest part in this movie. But I was like, what? I <sighs> I was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Just he also had goo leaking from his neck, which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, women <laughs> love that. I'll tell you. Mm. Yeah. Cover yourself. I've in heard a, of blue balls, but when it's popping out your neck holes, that's a problem. Yeah. You got to get a release valve, buddy. Yeah, just cover yourself in clear, viscous liquid. Yeah, <laughs> women love it. <laughs> um, so back in the house, uh, Lena pulls a knife and threatens to kill herself or Emily. And she says, like, you know, you can't you shouldn't be with him unless, like, you're willing to kill for Dr. Madden. Um, and Emily kind of runs away because, you know, she was threatened to be murdered. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. So now now we kind of jump a little bit. A few more months later, Emily had left the house for a while, but came back uh, for a reason we'll we'll learn in a moment. So in Madden's room, Lena and Madden are attempting to kill. I think it's the diner owner. 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's the manager from the diner. Yeah, so so Lena comes in. Uh, Lena says that they have to kill Emily too because Emily had run away and you know knows about everything and and she's going to eventually rat him out. Um, uh, did I mention? Yeah, Emily came into the room and saves Al the diner, even though the like, well, I guess the freezer door type thing it smashes on his hand. And then it, she it opens his fingers yeah, off. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so fast. Yeah, and I'm glad they, they added that. Um, yeah. So Lena's like, let's, we, we need to kill Emily. Dr. Madden gets angry about it. He spills some lab stuff and he starts a fire. He ends up get, or he, he doesn't just spill. He has like a temper tantrum <laughs> well, and he like pushes a bunch of lab stuff off his desk. And then that stuff catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Burns his his own temper burnt it. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up getting burned, which, you know, is bad for you if you can't take heat. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent to losing a PlayStation game and then throwing your controller into the TV, yeah, which we mm. all you had a hissy done. fit, and then he he melted his whole body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know, when you're like 120 years old, you should know better. Come on, yeah, bro. yeah. And uh, so, so you just got laid. He should be de-stressed. Yeah, this was right? months ago. He got laid. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but in, in time scale for a 200 year old man, he just got right, laid. That's true. Um, yeah. So this is when we learned that like. He's been using fresh spinal fluid. So like he's he's melting and I guess he needs this spinal fluid to keep him together or whatnot. But the fire was too much for him. He begins to melt in a pretty amazing scene. Oh, my God. Um, it's fantastic. You, you know, you know what it's it's what what's called to gloving when. um yeah, somebody's somebody's like handcuffed, and they pull their hand out of the handcuff, and the handcuff pulls all the skin off their hand. Oh, it's yeah. called degloving. Yeah, he degloves his body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And if you he, he peels yeah. the skin off of his entire body, and it's a sight to behold. Yeah, it's fucking wild. If you want to see a cool degloving scene, Gerald's Game on Netflix. Yes, oh excellent. God, yeah, that's perfect great. example. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so Doctor Madden is he's melting. And as he's melting, Lena pulls a gun and shoots Emily. So Madden dies as his skull falls off his body, <laughs> rolls and faces the camera, <laughs> and just moans Emily. As his eyeballs, so <laughs> yeah, the the eyeball like retracts. It's like yeah. it like gets sucked in. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yep. Uh, and now Lena so is about good. to just straight up kill Emily, but she stops when Emily says that she is pregnant with Doctor Madden's baby. Whoa! So back in present time, Amy tells the reporter that she is that baby. He comments though that three more bodies had been found after Dr. Madden would have died. So it turns out that Amy is in fact Emily and she got what? that skin disease where she can't have the coal or she needs cold and no light when she banged Madden. So that was sexually transmitted. <laughs> she got an STD that makes her allergic to hot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That sucks. That sucks. Yep. That's awful. Uh 
there was a little detail, a little clue in the beginning, if we couldn't have figured it out, but the rose was in like the, one of the opening shots. Oh, uh, yeah. nice. Yeah. In the beginning of the segment. Yeah, because yeah. she also picks it That's up awesome. here as well, so it it's really drives yeah. that home, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Motif. So she, she actually drugged Porkle's tea and tells him that Porkle. she needs his spinal <laughs> fluid to feel the baby inside of her. She is still pregnant 20 years later That's with this baby. Awesome. It's so badass. That's cool. So as she's stuck hosting a pre-dead baby, <laughs> it's amazing. And she so she says like, so if you don't have the spinal fluid, I think like you're alive, but you can't feel anything. That's right. So she says yeah. she ne- yeah taste. she needs that yeah. spinal fluid because she wants to feel the baby inside of her. Yeah, she says it keeps kicking, but it's never born. Yeah, so she's just like waiting to birth it. But I guess like if so, oh, she's man. got this disease. She's now living eternally in the cold in the darkness which means so she doesn't age so the baby doesn't age so the baby's yep. perpetually a fetus like that's awesome yep yeah um that's buck fucking wild dude i've never heard of a concept yeah. like that i love that um so now porkle is passing out on the floor as lena now an older woman comes in with a needle towards porkle and we cut back to lovecraft in the library Hey, what a fun short. Yeah, that's a good time. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. Um, uh, I did want to me- mention Dr. Madden is David Warner, English actor. He was in The Omen. He was evil in Time Bandits. Uh, he was oh. in Tron, Tron, Waxwork, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles 3, The Secret of the Ooze, <laughs> uh, In the Mouth of Madness, Ice Cream Man, Titanic, Scream 2. He's in a bunch of shit. Yeah. So just wanted Damn. to call him out. Yep. Specifically, well, he was great. In this. Very recognizable. He was super and fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're back at the library, where another door opens in the Necronomicon safe, and Lovecraft starts reading about the butcher. Bum, bum, bum. Do you guys need to take like a pee break? Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah. So let's, let's keep rolling. Yep. These snakes are drained. Let's do it. All right. So now we're on to the third story in the anthology Whispers, um, directed by Yusna. So we open on Sarah and Paul. They're two Philadelphia police officers. They're driving their police cruiser. They're in hot pursuit of a gray Nova being driven by a suspect that they call the butcher. Oh, uh, they're arguing. Um, Paul is worried that Sarah is driving recklessly. And then they have a discussion about how they slept together. And um, Sarah says, I'm scared to be a mom. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's we get Everybody, right to it. Women just get, they get pregnant in Lovecraft universe so easy. <laughs> Lady, ladies just be popping. Yeah. If a, if a woman trips and falls on you and she's pregnant. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You shake her hand wrong and oh, you got a, you got a kid. I, I do like that they're chasing after a serial killer. Like a car chase after a seer, and they're just having like a domestic dispute. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> That's Philadelphia for you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's it, this whole this whole third story struck me as extremely anime. This mm-hmm. felt really animated to me. If this yeah. was animated, yeah, it would yeah, almost work better. Maybe the whole thing's over. The, it starts over the top. It ends over the whole things. Yeah, well, like my my favorite thing about this story, and I won't ruin anything or jump too far ahead, but like. The first two were very like 
subtle, like, like it felt oh. like cinema. And then this one, directed by Yuzna, is just batshit insane. And I feel like nobody <laughs> saw this until it all came together and they were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, well, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah. Give put it the end. Dollars. Uh, yeah, so they get in an accident, they roll the police cruiser over, and Paul is dragged out of the vehicle by someone whose uh, shoes we only see. Uh, so Sarah tries to radio for backup and medical, but the radio signal's all screwed up, and um, we just hear some strange sounds. And then uh, Sarah follows the blood trail into a sketchy warehouse. <laughs> And if you're wondering why Paul was so mortally wounded in this car crash, it's because he unbuckled a seatbelt to prove a point to her. <laughs> About like, if you want to drive this recklessly, then you're going to hurt me. And he unbuckled a seatbelt. And then she flipped the fucking car. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, so Paul's dragged into the service elevator. He goes for a little ride. Uh, Sarah's trying to find him. She trips on a rope and falls through the floor and the rope like wraps around her ankle and stops her short before she hits the ground so she's sort of like left dangling and Sarah meets Harold Benedict an older gentleman um, who says he's the landlord of the building as a side note he happens to be the mortician from Greg's favorite movie Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Don Kalf- Kalfa uh, he was also the hitman in Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> 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 man i think it's you and this i are the around. only two people in the world that love that movie i think yeah yeah we still have I've never seen number, it we got to do number two it's like technically a horror sort of well it's got zombies in it oh d- he dances <sighs> a dancing i mean he's a zombie dance, april. Person, dance april oh there we go maybe that's yeah, our last movie maybe we got it maybe we got it um all right, so Sarah insists on going down below to search for her her lover and her partner, Paul, and to find the butcher. And then a crazy old blind woman shoots <laughs> at them uh, with a with a, a uh, shotgun, and then she kind of sniffs Sarah. So she smells <laughs> yeah. good. She, yeah, she could. But what she smells? What does she smell on her the first time? I think it's just, she, oh she she says oh she like sniffs the air and she's like oh she's quite beautiful. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. She smells how attractive she is. <laughs> Do you ever uh, hit on women at the bar um, pretending that you're blind and you just go and smell them? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, never. Never once. Yeah. Neither have neither I. Neither have I, guys. Really? Yep. Nope. Hmm. I never think about that. Well, the way you oh. ask that question makes me think you've done that <laughs> a lot of times. No, that was just for comedy. Oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Continue. I know we're supposed to say yes, and but we both were like, no. <laughs> no, I think the move, if you're a blind man trying to pick up a girl at the bar, I think the move is to like use your walking stick to like try to find your way to the bathroom and accidentally like poke your target. Right? That's the move. You poke her and you're like, oh, pardon me. I'm blind. I didn't see you sitting there. And then you lean in and sniffer. <laughs> yeah. And then you just go to the bathroom. Yeah. Right, right where you're standing. Seems, un- seems unnecessary, but okay. no, that's what hooks her in. When then oh. when you're walking back, she'd be like, "Why'd you smell me?" Or even if she doesn't say that, you'd just be like, "I smelled you for a reason." The <laughs> <laughs> whole idea is to get her to ask, "Why are you so interested in me?" And then you can pull out a good one-liner. I can't think of one right now, but then you could drop well, one on her. 
I got one. You can say, smell you later, and then you just leave. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, get in your car and <laughs> ping pong your way out of the parking lot. <laughs> bing bong, bing bong. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're blind. Why are you driving a car? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Sarah takes his shotgun. She orders, <laughs> orders them, the leader, to the butcher. Uh, they go into their apartment, I guess, or their office, or I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's but something. anyway, we see a a quick shot of the Necronomicon on a shelf. Uh, Mrs. This, Benedict- this office, this office reminds me of the office from Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Where there's like <laughs> yeah. papers and and like loose shit everywhere, and the, yeah. like the building hasn't been tended to for years. Yeah, totally vibes like a set from that show. The nice. movie, yeah. Uh. Blind Mrs. Benedict sniffs that uh, Sarah's pregnant, and she says that Mr. <laughs> Mr. Benedict is in fact not her husband, and that the butcher is an alien, and he's been down the, uh, down there before the dinosaurs. He's not my husband. I just met him up on the streets a couple of weeks ago. He told me he owns this building. Did he tell you that? What else did he tell you? I don't have time for this crap. Damn it. I bet he didn't tell you the butcher's an alien. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. He's been down here since before the dinosaurs, if you can believe it. That's creepy. Kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe maybe Trump was right. Maybe bad stuff does happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got aliens that eat people. Yeah. Uh, they go for a walk through some underground caverns with like carved stone walls lit by torches. Uh, Harold explains that it was built by people that weren't hunting the butcher. They were the butcher. Uh-oh. Uh, we see an illustration of a human sacrifice with a severed arm being offered to a large bat slash snake-like creature. Dude, like, I want that on my walls, like coming down to my basement. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it's really some, cool. like bat gargoyles. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fucking kick-ass monsters. We get a good look at them later, and I love them. I like how they just show it to us. They're like, this is what you're going to say. Just get ready. You know. But because it's it's Yuzna and because it's Lovecraft, it's so bonkers to see the carving on the wall. You're like, we're not going to say that. At least that's what I was thinking. Like, there's no way they're going to show that on camera. Uh, But they not only show one, they show like a horde of them. (laughs) It's pretty great. Yeah. So Harold puts on his rubber slippies over his boots (laughs) and uh, Sarah freaks out because of the same shoes. She saw when Paul was, when Paul was pulled out of the car. They're called uh, galoshes. Eric. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What, what do I call rubber slippers? Rubber slippies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he jammed his feet into condoms <laughs> to keep them safe. These are my slippies. <laughs> um, Mrs. Benedict runs in and lights Sarah's shirt on fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, she falls into a well deeper into the cavern. She rips off her police shirt, by the way. And um, <sighs> she's surrounded and tripping over a bunch of goopy, bloody body parts. Love this set. This was creepy. This was super creepy. Yeah. And she has this whole moment where she's realizing I'm next. Like she's looking at all these bodies and she's just actually, I should say this character screams every line of dialogue she has in this entire short. Every line, she's screaming at the top of her lungs. 
And at this point, I was kind of glad to see her kind of weeping her lines instead of screaming them. That was pretty great. Yeah, she's a little hysterical. The lighting changes in here, too. It's cool. It's like very creep show, like harsh green and red lights, uh, like like a low hanging mist garish. Like, yeah, super cool. Uh, so Sarah continues to freak out. She's crying. Uh, she starts shooting at these bat-like creatures that are flying all around the cavern. And she says, I'll do anything to keep my unborn child. Uh, and then this, an amazing part happens. Uh, we see Paul having these like spasms and walking in a very erratic way, dripping goo out of his face. And the camera pans around to his back. And he has a massive hole in his head. And uh, it's completely hollow. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and he's like approaching Sarah. And then she just like bitch slaps him with the butt of her gun and like bites him off. Um, I, I know I said earlier that uh, when you put Lovecraft on screen, it's not scary. Because once you see it, you know how to cope with it. The whole point's not being able to see it. This was kind of freaky. The way he was like shunting about and like shuddering and stuff and like goop coming out of his, all of his orifices and stuff. That was gross. Yeah, it looked fantastic. Like when, especially yeah. like the shot from behind where you see like his, the back of his head is completely caved in or not even caved in, gone. And he's just hollow. Like it's cool. so cool looking. That's just, uh, I think it's Yuzna doing a little commentary on what he thinks of the police. They don't have brains is what I'm saying. <laughs> the police officer's head was hollow the whole time. Hmm. So uh, one of the creatures emerges and, um, well, do you guys want to talk about the creatures quickly? Uh, vagina bats? Like? Vagina bat with penis head? <laughs> yeah, th- this yeah, felt, it. it felt very, um... Uh, man, I can never remember his name. The guy who designed the alien from Alien. Um, Giger, Giger, yeah. Giger. It just looks Giger, very yeah. Giger yeah. to me. Yeah, I have that as a note. What would you too. call that? Gigerian? Gigeresque? Gigeresque, Gigeresque yeah. yeah. That's the word. That's what I, yeah. have. That's what I literally have in my notes. Um, I also thought they looked like the Minox. Yep. <laughs> which were like the bat-like parasites uh, in Empire Strikes Back yep. that were like attached yeah, to Yeah, that's Falcon. right. Yeah. Oh man, I love George Lucas. What an imaginative <laughs> filmmaker. They brought it right back around. Yeah. Um, no, these things are were awesome. At one point, you see one flying, uh, and it's like adorably terrible stop motion. And I love oh, it. Oh god, yeah, it's great. Great. And they seem to uh they they have like saw blades for tongues, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And totally. when they get a limb, the whole it seems like their mission in life is to saw the limbs off of people, and then they hold the limb like it's a Slurpee, yeah. mm-hmm. and they jam their saw blade tongues down the middle of the limb, and I guess drink the bones out yeah. from the yeah. limbs. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they're marrow. drinking the bone yeah. marrow. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It just looks yeah. like they're all like right out of Starbucks with their oversized drinks, just sitting around gossiping. <laughs> Makes me want to have a bone marrow Slurpee. Yeah, like a big gulp. I mean, mm. bone marrow is delicious. You guys have had bone I've marrow. I've never had right? bone marrow. It, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. It's good. That I'm aware of. Yo, next time you eat a chicken and there's a bone in it, crack that bone and suck on it. It's very good. It's super delicious. Suck mm. that bone. <laughs> I'm so tired of you saying that to me, Dan. <laughs> you know what, Greg? This is a different topic, all right? We can talk about that some other time. 
no, I don't want to like go to Costco, get a rotisserie chicken, and suck the bones from a suck the bones <laughs> from a Costco chicken. <laughs> hey, bone marrow is tasty. It is very good, and it's very good for you too. You should you should eat some bones. Yeah, I mean, I've seen like where they kind of cut the bone in half, like lengthwise, and you scoop yeah, it out and put it, it out, out. On, like put it on butter or put it on uh, put it on bread, like it's butter. Mm. It's yummy. It's good. Yeah. All right. Mm. I had a bone marrow glaze one time. It was cool. On a donut? No. No, no it was on a chicken. <laughs> on a donut. <laughs> oh, it was like a, a bone marrow right, glazed donut. <laughs> yeah. 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 It could be like. Glazes only go on donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bone marrow glazed donut that's stuffed with like gravy and uh, uh, stuffing. Oh, I would love like, that. Oh. That does sound pretty good. It is drooled. <laughs> yeah, a savory donut. I want yeah, that it. That sounds good. Yeah. Isn't like voodoo donuts out in like, what is it, Portland? Do they do savory no, donuts? No, but they do weird donuts, don't they? So. All right. Well, no. I'll sell them that idea. Yeah. When I make my first donut million, I'll let you guys know. I'll let you in. <laughs> Can we get All my right. bone marrow Thanksgiving leftover savory donut? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the trick is when you go to the donut shop, you just say bone me. They give you a bone marrow donut. Is it bone marrow bone glazed? Me. Inside is like instead of jelly, it's gravy. Gravy and stuffing. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. So the outside would be like more of a croissant, kind of crunchy, buttery, with that like savory bone marrow glaze. <laughs> and maybe maybe like a drizzle of thick gravy on the top. So it's got like a little pattern on it. And then when you bite into it, it's just hot <laughs> stuffing and gravy with some maybe, oh, dude, a touch of cranberry sauce. So it's like a little Thanksgiving treat. Like, I'm getting hungry now. Yeah. They have to like microwave it before giving it to you. Otherwise, it's just. No, they give it to you fresh baked, motherfucker. Oh. This, this, this shit's made to order. Okay. Oh, so it's more, yeah, like they have a, eat, it's more of a restaurant like- <laughs> than a, like a donut shop. I mean, it's a sophisticated donut shop. It sounds like it. Yeah. They have a big syringe full of the stuffing, and once you once you order it, they just bake the they fry the donut real quick, drizzle it, jam that syringe in there, fill it full of stuffing goodness. It's like a mm. it's like a donut gobbler, yeah, bone marrow. Like yeah. we've that sounds awesome. We've never had a good idea on this show until right now. <laughs> I mean, I'll disagree with you on that. All of our ideas are brilliant. <laughs> But yes, this is a great idea. <laughs> this is the one. Forget a perverted pets adoption agency or whatever that was. <laughs> we need to open a bone marrow donut shop. All right, let's mm-hmm. get back to the story. You guys ready? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, so um, one of the creatures emerges and is talking through Sarah through a little slit on its body. And it's Paul. They took my mind. And he says, uh, they took my mind and we see a brain with eyeballs intact floating in a sack of fluid on the creature's belly. (laughs) And he tells her to watch the walls. Yeah. And that that was very reminiscent of Tammy and the T-Rex at the end where he's just a brain with eyes floating in a jar and he's watching uh, Denise Richards dance in lingerie. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. I think we get that in Blood Diner too, a little. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah. Brain with eyes. <laughs> yeah, the, and, uh, uh, the the uncle. Yeah, Bolsman's brain situation going. 
Yeah. I like it. City of Lost Children does that really well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good little, little effect. Um, so she continues to be attacked by these creatures, and they crowd around her, and we hear two birds with one stone, um, <laughs> which Mrs. Benedict, the blind old lady, says. And then Harold Benedict um, says, the creatures have a real sweet tooth for bone marrow, <laughs> and a bumpy tube protrudes from Mrs. Benedict's mouth making sawing noises uh, as it goes towards Sarah's arm. Uh-oh. Sarah suddenly wakes up in a hospital. Her mother and a doctor, who resemble the Benedicts, rush into the room. Um, we find out she was forced to have an abortion as a result of her car accident earlier. Um, but her mom insists she'll be forgiven if she forgives herself. And her uh, mom is uh, is the woman from before, Daisy. Yes. Uh, Being dis- disarmingly yeah. charming and normal. Right, right. Yeah, also, doc- disarming is a good pun for the situation. <laughs> Just thought of that. <laughs> yeah. And the, do- yeah, the doctor is uh, Mr. Benedict, the, the groundskeeper. Uh, groundskeeper guy. Um, so um, Sarah thinks she just had the most horrible nightmare. Uh, I just also wanted to point out there, there's these weird rock formation paintings on the walls that are reminiscent of the... Well, I think they're like reminiscent of the cavern from earlier. So it's just like a little clue that all is not right. Uh, at least the that's worst what... hotel art ever. You yeah, wake up in a hotel yeah. room and you look at like skin lesions framed on the wall. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, the mom says Paul is brain dead and is in the next bed over. And then we see some black goop running down the walls and they pull the curtain aside and Paul's corpse is in the next bed. Uh, and they sort of oh. peel him off, and he's still like that husk of himself, <laughs> like with his head missing, the back of his head missing. It's pretty cool. Um, and then her mom opens her blouse and reveals that the baby uh, is inside like a see-through womb of like one of the bat monster creatures. It's living in her belly, like where the brains otherwise would be. There's exactly. a fetus there. Yeah. yeah, it's like a yellow clear. Uh, ball or something. It's very strange. Um, and then we get a reveal that Sarah is missing her, her arm, one arm, and two legs. And she is, uh, in fact, still in the cavern and not a hospital. Oh, my God. And we cut to some bat, bat creatures sucking out the bone marrow out of some <laughs> of her severed limbs, having a, having a little break, a little coffee break. And then they uh, they cut off her remaining arm. And Sarah goes from crying to hysterically laughing. And that, that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for her, it reaches a point of absurdity that you can only laugh at this point. Or she's just going well, insane. For us, too. Like, for me, the viewer as well. Like, at that point, I'm just like, just kill this woman. Like, put oh. her out of her misery. Yeah. So much abuse. Uh, but it just keeps going. Yep, yep, just like this movie, because we're back at the library to finish up the wraparound. <laughs> uh, oh, what a segue. So our, our main monk, uh, he tries to get Lovecraft to put the book back. Lovecraft is then attacked through a floor grate by a monster, while the safe opens completely. The monk, who uh, turns out is not human himself, squeezes himself through the door, like the bars of the door. Uh, Lovecraft stabs the monster in the floor with his cane sword. It's got a sword inside yeah. of his cane. Pretty awesome. 
the monk then tries to hold Lovecraft still, so whatever the like monster coming through the wall uh, can kill him. But Lovecraft fights back, stabs the monk with his his cane sword, rips the monk's face off. <laughs> like turns it inside yeah. out. Yeah. He, he looks oh, like that's a pretty good effect. Yeah, he looks like a talking meatball at that point. <laughs> um, and uh, Lovecraft ducks away, and the monster that comes out the wall grabs onto the monk's face, bites his head off, and like pulls like whatever alien was wearing like a human skin suit just completely mm. out. Goes back in the wall, leaving only the monk's skin suit behind. Hey, you know yeah. what a headless monk doesn't have? A head? A nose ring? Instantly more relatable. Interesting. <laughs> trustworthy. Huh. In- it's not a monk I would run away Interesting. from. Interesting. No, no nose ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Lovecraft then escapes the room. He leaves the library with the Necronomicon in hand and heads out safely to his taxi to drive away. And that was... <laughs> The longest way to tell you about Necronomicon Book of <laughs> Book of Dead. Book of Dead. <laughs> Book of Dead. <laughs> oh, what do you guys say? You want to pull out our uh, cane swords and stab this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Time for the ratings. Here on Stabby Stabby, we like to rate our movies by stabbing it to death, uh, which is affectionate. So zero is bad movie, it's a piece of poop, bad, no good. Uh, ten P- is poopy changed. movie, poop. Just ate some poop. Yeah, but get the poop out of the VCR. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get it out of there. It's gonna gunk things up. It's no good. Uh, ten is a uh, a gobbler donut with some bone marrow that's fresh <laughs> out of the oven. So, uh, who would like to stab Necronomicon, Necronomicon Book of Dead first? I can stab it. I Go got my, nor- my, my, my knives are sharpened. All right. I'm going to stab this movie. Oh, you know what? I, I, so I wrote down six out of 10. That feels low. I'm going to stab it seven out of 10, seven out of 10. This movie was uh, silly and sloppy, kind of cheap, but really fun. It had really great effects and sets. We didn't talk a lot about like, cause I know there's a lot of story to cover. So we didn't really touch on like the direction, but Man, I, I loved the editing. I loved the, especially Yuzna's short had some like wild camera effects and like crazy tracking shots and playing with like frame rates and stuff. Um, that's it, it was just fun to watch. The, just passively watching the movie was entertaining just because of the way the camera was controlled. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, the performances kind of ran the gamut from really solid to really goofy. And I enjoyed all of them. Um, overall things like uh, moved at a good pace it was a fun ride um, I guess my only complaint was that um, there there were some like themes that popped up from short to short like the not being exposed to sunlight to two of the shorts involving fetuses and there was like enough there there that I was trying to find like a theme like mm. why did they make this movie what, what did they have to say and I'm not sure that there was anything really other than like Lovecraft was crazy, let's do some cool effects, which I'm on board for that. But man, it would have pushed it up to an eight or a nine, or maybe even a ten if they had something on their minds to tell us. I just I, it feels a little hollow after the fact. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that seven out of ten. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually going with six steps. Now I like this movie, 
but the Yuzna segment is is what I just always remember and like what I would love about the movie. The first two parts, like the first two segments, they're they're real movies. Like it's, they're done like really well. Like the cinematography is really nice. The story like takes its time to build things. Yuzna just goes batshit off the wall like immediately, and that's what I wanted the entire movie to be. Just like going at like an 11 the entire time because uh, honestly I found myself bored with the first one the one that you covered Dan that's why like I'm just like I don't remember anything that happened because I couldn't pay attention <laughs> to it um, and I had to summarize the second one so that's the only reason I paid attention to it but yeah I, I, if if Yuzna had his hands in all of it I think it would be like an all time top 10 movie for me um, but his segment is like a nine. The rest of it is, you know, a five. We'll just call it a six. Uh, so, yeah, love the special effects though. Is it was it's so fun to just see everything being wet and goopy and gross. So love it. But overall, yeah, six stabs. Uh, how about you, Eric? Uh, I gave it an eight. We got a we got a six seven eight going on. Um, I don't have too much to add. I totally agree with you guys. Um, everything's goopy and gross. Has tentacles. Uh, practical the practical effects are pretty fantastic. Uh, they're supervised by by Tom Savini. We've got Screaming Mad George doing some effects. We got John Carl Beekler and Christopher Nelson. So some cool makeup and animatronic stuff. Um, yeah, it had a real dark like nasty tone, but still was kind of fun. Um, yeah. I think I think it stands up there with some of the antho- other anthologies like Creep Show and Tales from the Dark Side. I think you could easily put this alongside those and have a good time. So pretty campy, but if you're looking for a an a- horror anthology movie, you could do a lot worse. Um, but yeah, the Yuzno ten in my mind. Like I, I love that segment. Um, the others, I think they're so so. But yeah, so eight for me for Necronomicon. Hey, six, seven, eight. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. I believe that is a Atlanta area code. So this movie was made for Georgia. You're welcome, Georgia. <laughs> That's from Stabby Stabby to you. Um, so if you're still listening, uh, I probably in the runtime of this podcast, you could have watched the whole movie. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> if you're still listening, you're a freak, freak weirdo. And we love you. We love you so much. And if you know other people that would like to listen to freak weirdos like us talking about movies, please pass this along. Word of mouth really means a lot to us. Thank you. You're all beautiful. Um, when we watch movies, we go in blind and then we chat about them blind without having to talk to each other much about it beforehand. Uh, so if you'd like to join us in that experiment of watching movies and getting your own opinion before hearing what our opinions are, there is a way for you to pull back the curtain of time and look into the future. And Greg, where can they gain clairvoyance? Where can they see what we're going to watch before we're going to watch oh, it? They're going to have to come on into my bat vagina cavern of Instagram <laughs> oh. and follow us at StabbyPod, S-T-A-B-B-Y-P-O-D, where every Wednesday we'll announce the next movie that we're going to be talking about. So you'll have five uh, blind blind woman baby stomach days to uh, find the movie and watch it uh, so you're ready for Monday morning when the new episode comes out um, and uh, yeah follow us let us know what you want us to watch and uh, also you know recently we instituted a uh, 
uh, a voicemail box. So hey. give, give us a call. Let us know what you think of the movies that we discuss, because uh, hopefully we can be popping them into episodes, do a little uh, listener segment or something. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, give us a call at, what is it, 9494-STABBY? Yep. Uh, and don't worry, you don't have to talk to a single human being. It will go right to voicemail. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know I wouldn't call if I thought someone would answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so follow us on Instagram to, to get up on uh, what we're watching. Um, and yeah, come come see us Monday mornings in your ear holes. 9494 Stabby. And Eric, what do we like to say at the end of every single episode of Stabby Stabby? We like to say uh, cosplay is Bruce Campbell slash Lovecraft. <laughs> uh, steal the Necronomicon secrets, uh, use your hidden knife and a cane to kill a wet tentacle creature, uh, <laughs> turn a monk's head inside out and feed him to a flying toothy demon from another dimension, and don't forget to stab your friends. Hey!